0: Right, welcome to the Bogey Society podcast. This is episode five now, I believe, right? Or episode four? Okay, Bogey Society podcast episode four. Uh, we have some exciting stuff to talk about this week with Victor Hovland getting his second dub. You got Brennan here, my buddy Nick, as always. What's going
1: on, guys? How we doing this week?
0: Shout out to Connor Dingwall, Nick's brother Connor, for producing as always because he stays up late on Sunday nights to edit this thing and then we release it on Monday morning. So shout out to Connor again. Oh. So exciting winner today. Of the um the Mayakoba Golf Classic, Victor Hovland, the young gun, 23 years old, I believe.
1: Yes, our boy took another dub, and he did it in a pretty convincing fashion. He was throwing absolute darts all around the golf course today. He had a little stumble on 12, but he had a two-shot lead for most of the round and was playing really good. And he uh, stuck one nice and tight for the uh, uh, going on 18 and secured the dub with a nice putt. I mean, kid's an absolute stud.
0: That was convincing. So that, that was actually a very fitting way to cap off his round because when he won the the 2020 Puerto Rico Open, he was also 19 under, tied with one other person going into 18. And I think he sank like a an 18-footer, actually, um, yeah. to make a birdie and win. Did that again today. It was pretty awesome to see him. I was so happy when his uh, tee shot <laughs> bounced through that rough yeah. and just got into that first cut. I'm like, okay. And then he hit that pitching w- pitch pitching wedge from 148 or 158 some it was some crazy number which like it was cold colder cooler there i think today but the ball always goes super far there so i have an interesting piece of information about this win would you like to hear it
1: absolutely
0: so in the the puerto rico open has been a tournament for 11 years and this is the first time that one of its winners has won a different tour event one of the other winners won the puerto rico open a second time but none of the other champions have gone on to win another tour event, and that includes Tony Finau. Wow, oh, that um, is interesting. Yeah, since it's that like side-by event or whatever, like it's the week mm-hmm. of the Mexico Championship, I think, right? Right. They often don't have as as good a field, but I read another interesting thing that Bryson, Jason Day, and Jordan Spieth all finished second there, and they've gone on to have extremely lucrative interesting. careers.
1: Interesting.
0: who have won. So yeah, that, there
1: must be something in the water over there. Yeah. Well,
0: hopefully. Hopefully now Victor Hoblin has has broke the curse for more because honestly I can't I I don't believe that Tony Finau won't like he's gonna win
1: soon Tony is more. he is such a interesting individual I, there today that guy,
0: he's right there I am,
1: he's he's always right there uh, he just can never Get it all the way finished. He's an unbelievable golfer, and some of the stuff he can do with a golf club is just ridiculous, but he just he can't finish. It's, he's got Ricky Fowler syndrome. He just can't win golf tournaments, and I don't know what it is and why he just can't manage to close them out, but Man, he's, he he's always right up there.
0: He shot four under today. And and mm-hmm. still lost by five shots. How about Aaron Wise with eight under sixty three today? I believe. Yeah, he
1: was firing. Right yeah, it's he's been playing well over the last few tournaments that that he's been in. He's he's been at the top near the top of the leaderboard in a, a lot of tournaments that I've I've been seeing. He's becoming yeah. more of a household name than than anything else. So he's another guy to kind of watch out for. Yeah, young,
0: young guy out of University of Oregon. He's put on some weight. He was. I remember when he came out on tour and he won. I think he won the Byron Nelson at Trinity Forest. Mm-hmm. He looked a lot skinnier back then, and now he looks a little bigger and he's, he hits the ball pretty far. They were sorry, I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. His driving distance, yeah, he's averaging 302.4, so that's actually not that high. That's 85th, but small guy ripping it 300 yards on yeah. average. That's pretty impressive, so I like him, but anyways, very so, happy to see Victor take the dub today. Are there any other storylines from that that you want to talk about? I
1: mean, the for that tournament, I mean, they, they, they had a pretty stacked lineup. capcut didn't make the cut, and a few other guys. Uh, JT was there, and Finau was there. Billy Herschel, I mean, it, it it had a pretty good lineup for what it was, but there's yeah. definitely a guys that just didn't make the cut. Kepka shot I think a seventy-two or 71, 71 which just isn't gonna cut it. No, Ricky didn't make the cut.
0: Ricky didn't make the cut? No. Dang, we cursed him. We had, we posted him this week and it did pretty well and, and then he couldn't even make the cut.
1: Your boy answer was uh T twelve this week with JT. The spin, the doc the spin
0: doctor. That's Abraham answer. That man can nip it. Can Um, you hear my cat yelling? Salem, shut up.
1: (laughs) So anyways, I mean, that's kind of all I got for this tournament. But it was an interesting uh, stat that was thrown out this week that said that this is uh, Dustin Johnson's 106th career week at number one ranking player in the world, tying Rory for third most all time. If DJ holds the number one spot every week until Christmas of 2031, he'll tie Tiger Woods' record of 683 weeks. That is ridiculous.
0: Wow. So – just saying, into the greatest golfer of all time argument between Tiger and Jack. Well, was the official world golf ranking around when Jack was like, when he was big? I feel like probably not, right? I
1: don't know, but I mean, they obviously knew who the best golfer in the world was. Yeah. Uh, it just it purely shows how dominant Tiger Woods was in the 2000s and the late 90s. I mean, he, he was just an absolute yeah. unit out there. So
0: they would not, they did not have that like really at the height of Jack's career. So yeah, I guess you can't really compare that but 683 weeks at number one in the world that's pretty damn amazing yeah um, and dj i is i don't believe for a second that he's gonna sniff that record no he, no no one. No, no,
1: that's no, it. that's like one of the it's like that wayne gretzky stat of m- most points ever no one's ever gonna touch that right. record
0: and both of those are not going to be touched because of how the sport ha- the sports have evolved right. on either right. side. Um, hockey it's just, uh, it's because the goalies are like way more padded now right and, you, and, sure. the, and slower, you can't score as much now, right?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, goalies are just a lot better at um, playing goalie nowadays, and and hockey is so much faster, and it's more of a team game than it than it is just like a one man show. And they made a uh, the Wayne Gretzky rule back in the day because the I think it was the Oilers they would purposely try and get teams to take penalties so they'd get a like a three on three situation, and yeah. Wayne Gretzky would just go out there and dominate everyone. So yeah. they made it a, made some kind of rule that he couldn't do that but yeah tiger woods is just an absolute animal and i mean when he wins seven tournaments consecutively i mean that's just ridiculous and like you said that's just something that will never ever be touched
0: dude it's hard to even say like how long dj could even hold on to this spot because i mean obviously he's playing amazing but there's just so many people who are right there and it's it's really all about consistency like look at tony fee now he's consistently inside of the top 10 of the official world golf ranking and yet he's never won a Tournament, so like <laughs> she can just get tipped. Or excuse me, he has won one tournament, but it feels like he's never won a tournament right. just because he's always right freaking there. Um,
1: he did have a hole in one this weekend, which was pretty dope.
0: I did see the hole in one; that was awesome. Yes. Maybe a little flag finder Friday. What day? What day was it on?
1: It was yesterday, Saturday. Yeah, that was. I think
0: dope. so. Shout out to Tony Finau. I loved watching that video of him with Eric Anders Lang playing that golf club in Utah. What, did you watch that video?
1: I did not. The
0: golf club is called Prom Prom. Commentary Golf Club. It's in Park City, Utah, and mm-hmm. it's it's this crazy lush green just jutting through like that kind of deserty mountainous Utah landscape. And uh, it's the longest golf course in the U.S. I believe the tips measure a little bit under eighty one hundred yards. Oh um, elevation there is so crazy; like the ball definitely flies a lot further. Right. It's it's the Painted Valley course. At their club is the like long course, it's a Jack Nicholas design. Place looks insane, like outer space, craziness, playing golf on a different planet. You'll have to check that video out. But yeah, well, guys, yeah.
1: we we have a very exciting um announcement here. We're gonna be doing our first interview this week, and we're gonna be sending it over to that very shortly. So before we switch it over to the, the interview, I do want to talk about the Kirkland wedges and butters. And I was interested to see if that would be something. Something that you would put in your bag.
0: So I really like the Kirkland golf balls. I get super hyped whenever I find a Kirkland golf ball. I never get to buy them because I don't have a Costco membership, but I'm always super excited because it's a nice golf ball. I think it's a three layer mm-hmm. golf ball, super spinny, feels really nice. And I think that I definitely, I think I would put a Kirkland club in my bag. I wouldn't have a, a problem with that. It's a pretty, have to see about the wedges. I feel like I'd trust the putter maybe a little more. Test out the wedges. It was like $160. Bucks bucks or 170 bucks for 3 wedges. Yeah. Which is a good price, but sometimes price reflects quality and like
1: no, that's, that's for sure, you know, a thing, but I don't know. I mean, they look really nice and I think the biggest portion with wedges is just how good the grooves are. I mean, you can get bulkies that are, you know, have shit grooves and, you know, you're not going to get any spin off of them and new new wedges by themselves are going to perform better than any used club that you buy. So, that's a great point. Um, you know, so I, I guess it's more of the aesthetic of a lot of golfers want their new and brand new bulkies or the Mac daddies from Callaway just to have them in their bag to say, oh, look, I have the nicest clubs. So I don't know. I, th- I think I've been debating it. I, I really, really have because I definitely need new wedges. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, cheap, cheap route, because we are planning on doing a, um, a video of us going to the golf expo this year. Here and kind of showing you everything that goes on with that thing but i was planning on buying wedges there but i had talked to a guy at carl's golf land which is over by my place uh, if any of you guys know what that is, it's kind of like a superstore for uh for golf clubs in my area and he was like well why don't you just buy them here and i was like well i can get them at the golf expo for way cheaper and he was like well they're used and i was like i guess that's fair he was like yeah i mean you're gonna get terrible grooves and you might as well just buy something else and i was like no that's fair and then i asked him you know what he thought about the kirklands and he said he had tested them he was like they're really sick so that that kind of tipped tipped the scale for me a little bit they have
0: they have good reviews too like they have 20 reviews on the costco website so that's not un. but they have 4.8 stars average and a lot of these people are saying like better than advertised good control good spin and they're usga conforming so Shit, man honestly i would be i would be willing to try this stuff the putter has has good reviews too honestly the
1: putter looks sick it looks just like a Scotty cameron <laughs> yeah the putter does look sick
0: i can't find the putter now i'm trying to look, i'm looking online trying to...
1: yeah the putter i mean the putter as long as I see you can get it with the right size that you want the ks1 it literally looks just like the Scotty cameron except it says kirkland on the bottom of it
0: <laughs> yeah it, it looks it looks crispy man yeah. i would definitely try and that's like a hundred bucks less than what like your average new putters are running you. Damn, it looks slick as hell, dude. That putter. And it has nice the super nice.
1: stroke putting grip on it. I mean, I mean, yeah, might have
0: that
1: to probably, toss that bad boy in my bag,
0: dude. Because like, okay, I I'm spoiled. I got it hooked up with a new putter and my grandma bought it for me and she dropped some bread on that thing. Yeah. and it's The not- first
1: time I ever saw, came met, and played with Brennan in golf, I, you know, what you usually do at a golf round where you never played with someone, you look into their bag and you see all these like nice clubs. I was like, oh man, I'm about to get my ass handed to me here. Uh, he's got just like a $3,000 set of clubs right now. I'm like, what is going on? And we're getting on the, the chipping green. He's chipping putts in. He chipped like two, putts and was burying putts I was like I am literally gonna get roasted out here and I was like super nervous and then after the first couple holes I was like okay I can I can compete
0: (laughs) I don't know what happened on that practice screen but for some reason I could just suddenly chip like perfectly on the edge of that practice green i was hitting the sauciest chips ever and then we got out to the first tee i smoked a three wood off the first tee also i smoked a three wood and then my next shots were push slice seven the 56 degree wedge from way right of the green then another duffed wedge then a putt over the side of the other green this is at cog hill at the number one course put off the edge. I think I ended up making like a seven from the (laughs) fairway on the first hole from the fairway and then a seven iron out. I made a fucking seven and it was like I'm spoiled. I'm fucking spoiled. My grandma will be buying me clubs for Christmas and shit so I have accumulated some pretty nice golf clubs even though I'm a, a horrible golfer. So I have to have other hallmarks of not being a good golfer. Like I can't show up in a fancy outfit with my shirt all tucked in and like my clubs and then I look like a poser so I have to like look a little sloppy and like wear jeans and stuff like that you know
1: oh that's the excuse you guys heard it here first that is Brennan's excuse for why he wears jeans to the (laughs) golf course is because he's not trying to fool anyone with how bad he is at golf. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But, you know, next year is my year, man. I'm taking some lessons. We're, g- we're going to get back on the grind. I'm getting back down into the 80s next year.
1: Perfect. I would that's love to cool. see it. It will make our rounds a little more competitive. Won't <laughs> you won't to have to get, to get
0: 12, strokes, so. 12, 12 shots to then beat me 7-5. and five, So, <laughs> well, that's Oops. about all I got. I think we can end on a good note. We can toss it to our interview with Brian Zimmerman, our guy. I played a season of golf at Christian brother a few seasons at Christian Brothers University and interesting dude he's very knowledgeable it's a good chat
1: so all right guys we will uh, toss it over to that interview all
0: right we have our first interview with Brian Zimmerman Brian was a college golfer at Christian Brothers University in Memphis Tennessee and he was originally a baseball player turned golfer And he has worked his way after college to now being a plus three handicap, spending his winters down in the Miami area. Brian, it's great to have you on. It's been a while. Good to see you. Thanks
2: for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we were chatting a little bit before and we wanted to discuss a little bit about your college golf experience, I guess. So one of my questions was, do you feel like people have misconceptions about like the level, how good college golfers are on like a D1 to D2 to D3 scale, like the margin
2: between the worst and the best? Yeah, I, I would say so. There's a, there's a pretty wide margin. Yeah, to be uh, be honest, um, Division One golfers, they are they are freaking good. Yeah, I mean the the kids on my, I wasn't really very good in in college. I would shoot consistently between price seventy five to I throw in around in the eighties every once in a while.
0: Yeah, um, I was actually looking at your record on the cbu website
2: (laughs) yeah not not good not good at all i think i I maybe shot par once in a tournament and maybe once or twice in qualifying uh my college team was actually we were one of the worst we had a really good conference i forget the exact name of the conference but we were one of the shittiest teams and you were d2
0: right a d2 school Mm
2: -hmm. yeah d2 d2 uh it was still double. It was still part of the uh, NCAA. Okay. But yeah, I mean, my team would we would shoot. All of us would shoot just mid seventies consistently. Um, every once in a while, someone would throw around in under par. But th- those guys playing in Division One, especially like even ISU and um, like, U of I. Yeah. Like there's a difference between U of I and ISU, like the players. Oh yeah,
0: um, Thomas Peters. He went. He went to mm-hmm. U of I.
2: Yeah. High so, guys. mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those college teams, like Oklahoma State, they they just produce guys that go on tour. Yeah. Georgia, is another school. Oh, yeah. So yeah. There's, a, there's a huge difference between D1 and D3, and even like D3 schools, like like Wesleyan is, they're better than the majority of D1 schools. So I guess the I division
0: know. doesn't really matter necessarily. Like, I mean, to an extent, it's, it it's does. More so but... But... the
2: program. It, I, yeah, I'd say it's more so the program because Wesleyan has an awesome schedule, and that's what attracts such. Good talent. We had a crappy schedule at Christian Brothers. So we, you know, we never really got a lot of good talent. Yeah. Um, Wesleyan. I mean, they play a great schedule. They have four different courses that they go to. So I'll, I think a lot of it's just the golf program, how much money they have, who they can attract, stuff like that.
0: Wow, that's interesting. I guess I hadn't really thought about like using that as a deciding factor of like all the schedule and stuff, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting also that they can be D3, but yet the golfers might be that higher caliber, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So you're a plus three now. You're saying you were shooting like 75 for your low scores in college. So you went from like, a three handicap to a plus three basically in
2: how many years i mean probably three or four years i really the big thing was when i graduated from memphis or cbu i came back and i started working with kenny jacobs i think i mentioned his name to you brennan um but he's been my instructor for the last two years he, he uh, taught... like he's act. he was out at the links the, oh he's
0: at the links mm, yeah okay. he
2: taught chris kirk who was out on tour still playing on the pga tour right now oh yeah. So really, he was he was a big big difference maker for me. He kind of taught me the golf swing, taught me how to actually play golf. I think that was the biggest thing in college. I was I had an okay swing, but I didn't really know how to actually play golf properly. Like mentally. Yeah, yeah, mentally and yeah, I just I just wasn't very good. I, I, you know, I,
0: aspect like the strategy aspect.
2: Yeah, the strategy aspect. Not getting down on yourself. Um, I would always. In college, I would always try to play against my teammates like when we're qualifying versus just going out there and playing my game and not wearing what anybody else shoots because I, I can't control how they play. So that was a big thing. I would I would always have in my mind where I'm at. Like if I'm five over through eight or 12 or whatnot, now I just play golf. I take it hole by hole, shot by shot, as you should. Oh, okay. I mean, golf is such a mental game.
0: Wow, that's, really, that's impressive, man, that you've made such a difference. And I feel like it also shows just kind of a gain of maturity over <laughs> a few years yeah. from 100%. Yeah. yeah, so that's
1: pretty cool. So what do you think is the biggest difference for obviously like the, the weekend golfers that go out there and shoot in the, in the nineties for them to be able to produce lower scores when it comes to either, is it just fine tuning your short game? Or is it kind of the mental aspect of not getting down on yourself? Or what do you, what do you think attributes mostly to putting low scores on the, on the
2: scorecard? I mean, I think it's probably a mix of both. I would say the biggest key to, if you want to get better, is you got to go out there and practice at least maybe just once or twice a week, whether that's hitting balls or even grabbing a putter and just hitting some putts in your bedroom. You got to, golf's the type of sport that you can't just pick it up once or twice a week and then expect that you're going to have a different result. You're going to have to put in a little bit of work to get better.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Was there anything? So your your home course was TPC Southwind, correct? In Memphis?
2: Germantown Country Club.
0: It was Germantown Country Club. It was not TPC mm-hmm. Southwind. But did you get to play at TPC Southwind? I did not. You didn't? I, did
2: I, I oh. went out there once or twice, but I never got the chance to actually play it.
0: Wow. I was mistaken. I thought, I thought that you guys were able to play there. Wow. So what was your home course like?
2: It was awesome. Germantown Country Club was one of the nicer courses I've ever played. Greens were firm and fast, ton of grain. Phil Mickelson, actually, last time I checked, holds the course record there. Shot oh, really? like a 63 or 64 wow. in a, a U.S. amateur qualifier. Wow. So that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, Germantown was an awesome country club. I think it was a par 72. Not very long, but it was tight, and it was a, it was a tough golf course.
0: Wow. Okay. So, Nick, do you have any more questions about the college golf stuff? Should we move on?
2: Yeah. What was your like day to
1: day, you know, grind for for college golf? Obviously, you're in school and got to take classes and stuff. But can you kind of take us, you know, what would like, you know, going into like an event? What was your kind of like, you know, pre stuff leading into leading into um, a tournament?
2: So typically, twice a week, we would have workouts at like six or 7am, mm-hmm. just for like an hour, hour and a half as a team. And then after school, if we were if we had a tournament coming up, like say later in the week, we would always do three or four qualifying rounds. And that was usually just in the afternoon with all teammates. We typically, my coach, would like to have four or five rounds for qualifying to decide who the lineup was going to be. And other than that, it's just practicing as much as you can. We never really had team practices. Really? It was all on your own. We would He would have a team practice every once in a while, mainly like right before the tournament after the lineup has been decided. Okay. But other than that, like practicing was all on your own. The only time the team got together was for those two or three workouts a week or for qualifying and we were always qualifying mm-hmm.
0: that that doesn't sound that just doesn't that sounds kind of lame to be honest <laughs> like not yeah, being that's not, actually that's not, actually how it
2: was at both programs i went to at ren lake and at uh, cbu how'd you feel we didn't then, really right? practice together we just qualified kind hmm. of like that yeah well now look at i liked it at the time just because i think the idea was just you. So see you could so – the coaches wanted to give more time back to the players just because, I mean, regarding school, playing golf, yeah. college, I'm sure just like every other sport, is. it's like a job. It, you don't yeah. have a lot of time. True. But now looking back, I wish we would have had a little more organized practices because I, I think I honestly didn't really know how to practice to get better back then, you know, because I didn't really play in high school, so I didn't have a lot of experience in that area. Yeah. So I, I think it would have been a little more beneficial on my end. Now for the other players on the team, I could see how, you would just prefer to qualify and not have to practice together as a team because you know, in college, everyone has different schedules. Yeah. I mean, know how it goes so i i understand the thinking but I, I definitely think organized practices would have been beneficial not just for me but maybe everyone else as well
0: yeah and i feel so, like I mean, oh sorry go ahead nick
1: so how many players were on your guys's roster then and then how many people actually like you said there was a, a lineup how many people actually got to play per event
2: so at ren lake it was a super small team there's only six players on the team and everyone traveled okay. the line so we would always have one guy as an individual and and five guys make the lineup in college you take five guys obviously play an 18-hole round in a tournament and then uh, you take the top four scores in college gotcha um, okay. so we would always have in at Ren Lake we'd always have an extra guy just playing as an individual where his score wouldn't mean anything he's just kind of playing to get better
0: yeah okay gotcha. I, ca- I like that
2: yeah at Christian Brothers I think there was nine my junior year and ten my senior year and we yeah, we would only ever we, he, my coach would only ever take five we would obviously only take the top four scores at tournament but yeah i think nine nine and ten at cbu interesting wow well that's that's really interesting
1: nick you got anything else Uh, i i mean uh, for the the aspect of like you know you were talking about from d1 to d3 programs for like your guys's gear and stuff was it was it was it like uh christmas when you'd get start start the year and get all the get all the free swag from your guys school or did you guys have to pay for for any of that stuff
2: i had to pay at run like only for the shorts every Everything else was free at Christian Brothers. It was a little better program. Uh, we had some better donors. I would I would say so. Everything was free, and Christian Brothers, we got some nice stuff. Like Under Armour was our brand, so we yeah. I still got some of the stuff, actually, in my Under closet. golf
0: so. polos? Hmm? Under Armour shirts?
2: Yep, Under Armour that's shirts.
0: That's quality. They, the, only,
2: the only downfall is, for some odd reason, my coach went with Bridgestone golf balls instead of Titleist, which really oh. pissed me off. Yeah, uh, I like did it. that to save some money, but not, I can't complain too much, I guess. Yeah. Balls are still free. Yes, that, that's huge. <laughs> they have cool dimples. They have the coolest dimples.
1: Not that that really matters. You
0: guys kidding <laughs>
1: So what what kind of, what kind of are, are what kind of golf balls are you playing currently? Just Titleist. Titleist one. Okay. Yep. So, so I like what, the one over the X. Okay. So what do you think is for for again like a the the hack around uh the golf course so for the weekends um is there a golf ball that you think is best for people that shoot with a higher handicap?
2: Yes, it just kind of depends on what their game is. So if they're like short knockers, I would tell them to just buy a crappy golf ball because you know, like a top flight is gonna, it's just gonna go farther. It's gonna go farther when it hits the ground because there's less spin on the golf ball. But you know, you know, someone like you, you said you're kind of struggling with your short game. Obviously, it kind of depends on what like what's your go-to shot for a short game but I like the pro v1 because that's the ball I can get the most spin with around the greens right and that's that's something that I need I think I kind of struggle with generating spin around the greens so I need as much as I can get with that ball
0: I think Nick said he's actually struggling with the long
1: game a little bit oh
2: yes yes you did so yeah you know if well if are you hitting it do you struggle hitting it straight or what's what's the Um, issue I've corrected
1: myself a little bit I I used to have a massive massive slice coming off the tee Mm -hmm. Uh, but I could keep it in the fairway and I, I know where it's going so i can aim correctly and get it in the fairway mm-hmm. you should see me line up to a golf shot it's pretty oh yeah how far i'm aiming out and still get it in the fairway but that obviously takes away from my distance which then <laughs> makes me have to hit longer irons and the greens but you know i Tell you know a lot of my friends that you know that I play with that are a little worse than me. You know, kind of just get it to get it to the green. You don't necessarily have to go hunting for flags. Mm -hmm. Just get it to the green and try and two putt because you're gonna make. You know, you're gonna either gonna par or make a bogey. And if you're staying at uh, five, you're gonna break ninety for the round if you Mm -hmm. have a bunch of fives on your card all day. So that's kind of my mentality when I when I play golf is if I can keep a five on the scorecard, I'm
2: I'm gonna be playing all right.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good advice. I'd say. Yeah. So, Brian, did you watch the match, the match three
2: oh? no, I did not.
0: You did not. I was,
2: I was with family. I wa- I did wa- I watched a little bit of it. Saw some highlights, but no, I didn't really watch it. Have
0: you been seeing the the Steph Curry slander?
2: I've heard that they've been bashing him
0: about his. Plus one handicap.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as a
0: plus three, I mean, do you, do you have days like that
2: where you oh, might? Yeah. So are you kidding? I don't know. Who knows how I would play, especially on national television. Are you kidding me? Right. Playing against Phil Mickelson? That's insane to bash him. Yeah. And now, yeah. yeah, I, 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 like I said, I don't have a lot of knowledge on it, but from what I've heard and just like looking through Instagram, it's yeah, it's completely yeah. unfair and unjustified.
0: We agree. Like, I mean, they don't know what he's doing on a day-to-day basis on a golf course. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Right. He would not. He would not be lying. So it's good. We've been i actually called somebody out on the instagram page people if you if we comment back to you because you said some shit in our post and it's roasting you then just accept it and move on it's all for fun it's instagram we're just playing around but i was just talking crap to some dude who was saying how there's no way steph curry is a plus one handicap he's at least a two or three like plus ones don't play like that blah blah blah. and for all those reasons you said national television playing with phil
1: mickelson yep yeah obviously and He's qualified for a web.com tour event.
0: Yeah. So. And exactly. shot
2: 7474 at the. Yeah. Well, and I think I saw Max Home Dustin Johnson shot, he shot back-to-back 80s and he yeah. is the best player in the world. Golf yeah. is just a tough sport. Sometimes I pick up a club and I feel like I haven't played golf in two months. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, it's great. It's great to hear you say that because like,
2: I feel like people
0: for some reason think they just get it in their head of like, oh, you have to be perfect and this and that. They just don't, they forget what the handicap actually is. Yep.
1: I got One more question about the college golf here. So what is your worst tournament Experience that you had
2: playing college golf. Oh man. kind of was hoping you weren't going to ask me (laughs) that i think the golf course was named was Pelle. it's in southern illinois the home course of john logan college and this was my i think it was my fourth ever tournament in college it was my fall fall semester 2016 and i had i think i was like 18 or 17 over with a hole to go i had to make par on the on the last hole to break 90 for an 89 okay I made par and that was the highest round I've ever shot in my life. (laughs) It was embarrassing. But uh yeah, that was that's my worst moment as a college golfer. Having, you know, the nerves on the tee were to you gotta make a parse so you can break ninety. Yeah. Yep. That's that's not a good feeling, especially when my score counted that day. Yeah,
1: that's that's one where you just uh keep the hat low and uh sign the scorecard and get the yeah, hell that, out of there.
2: That's <laughs> the one where you sign the scorecard, you go home and you immediately open up a beer. <laughs> <laughs> a couple beers at that point. Okay, exactly, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's disappointing and i'm sure young college brian was was hot about that
2: i was a little livid on that way yeah. yep
0: so i've seen you actually get a little upset before because we have played a little bit of golf because we used to work yep. together at in bloomington now mm-hmm. there is there's a few things we want to talk about but there is one slightly embarrassing story that i would like to ask you about because i missed this day i did not God. i was not here when this happened but if i'm not mistaken you were riding a mower and mower Mm -hmm. said mower flipped into a pond
2: that's right on, on the on the eighth hole. Nice little part three Vista golf course. Fifteenth, right? Three, the
0: eighth. The eighth
2: oh, it was hole. The eighth that hole. little part three.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah. That was the nicest. Our uh our greenskeeper Tony, who was a raging douchebag, and Brendan can attest to this. That was the nicest he w- he has ever been to me. Oh wow.
0: Okay, wait, Nick, we're gonna have to edit out the name of the golf course just because we're not gonna wanna, you know, get ourselves popped off with Vista in case we want to <laughs> do some drone footage for them. But uh sorry, go ahead. Yes, he yeah. was a, he was the greenskeeper was a, a douchebag. He, he, yeah. His last so anyways. Rhymed it rhymed with a certain. Yeah. Latin, no, yeah, go for it. Meaning. Anyways. So that was the nicest he ever had been to you.
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll just give you a little backstory. Um, I had only been trained weird. I was just doing, uh, I was mowing the tees, and I had only been trained on the T mower for probably a week and a half, two weeks. And um, I want to say Peter trained me on it. And he told me there are a couple areas on the golf course that you really got to be careful because of the hills. It's a pretty hilly golf course, especially mm-hmm. where some of the tees are. Yeah. And um, one of them was number eight and it was pretty early in the morning. There was still a lot of dew on the ground and I was making my last turn. It was the white tees and I was making my last turn to finish up the tee box and... Got a little too aggressive with it. And I went to go forward and I went straight backwards into the pond. And- Made a giant mess, tore up the tee box. And I was tear. I was, I was, I didn't really care that I put the lawnmower in the lake. I yeah. was more so scared yeah. about Tony because I was scared of Tony. Short guy, but one of the angriest men I've ever been around in my entire life. And he came and we fixed it up, took the lawnmower back. And I didn't say a word on the ride back. We were just running back in the golf cart. And he looked at me and said, man, Calm down, it's fine. It happens to everyone. Said it with a smile on his face, and I looked at him and I was like, "Wow, thank you."
0: <laughs> I feel like he knew that it was not the time to yell at you. Like, oh yeah, because dude, that was.
2: And scary. I ended up finding a new job a week later, and I quit. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude. power move right there oh yeah big time the rumor was that i quit because of that uh that incident that happened not yeah
0: true. no it was not you true. Know, but sometimes better things come along you leapt off of the mower correct as it was tumbling back you jumped off and or did yep. you fall in the pond
2: no i, I jumped off
0: dude were, so were you like super scared like holy shit this i'm gonna like get hurt or something not, not really
2: in the moment. I, you know, just kind of fight or flight. You just kind of hopped off. It was, <laughs> you know, it was a feeling like you're you're on a roller coaster and you're about oh. to go over the hill. Like my, Uh-oh. you know, you don't feel anything in your stomach. It's not a good feeling. That yeah. two three seconds. But uh yeah, hopped off. Got a little bit wet, but wasn't too bad. I was just happy Tony wasn't livid with me. Yeah,
1: I was about to ask you if you had to end up paying for for any of the damages because I worked at a golf course. If uh, you messed up anything, that they would charge you and take it off. Off of your paycheck if you like really messed up
2: wow no I, I did not have to pay for anything i just screwed up i just screwed up the t-box a little bit and looked better in a couple weeks but it was just you know massive dividend in it but no phew, i'm i'm glad or else so, I they, they take hated. you
1: off of the off the mower for the rest of the week mm-hmm. you said you you'd quit the the week after so i guess you didn't really have much much time to mess anything else up so yeah i mean they, they took
2: you off the mower for the rest of that week mm-hmm. yep <laughs> they put me back on the roller which is what i was good at yeah and yeah, I'm when they the mess that up. Roller. Yeah, I love that roller. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Man, those were the days. That was a different, a different time in life, man. That was a long time ago. Now
2: it it kind of seems like a different world. It was almost three
0: years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't seen you since then. That's crazy. Wow. So, what was the what (laughs) to you? What was the worst thing about that job?
2: (sighs) I would say weed eating around the lakes. Oh my! Because only because of the goose poop, it smelled so bad. Mm-mm-mm. You know, it, yeah, I mean, okay. it had to be just, I'm sure I'm going to die of cancer because of that job. <laughs> oh, for sure. Some form of disease. Like I, the smell that those lakes would produce just, just horrible. I'm yeah. surprised so that was not webbed toes.
0: You are surprised what now?
2: I'm surprised you don't have web toes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it was crazy though. I remember, Cause I worked at the one. And then I also worked at another one of our municipal golf courses that had a Creek running through the entire thing. And my very first day working there My task was to weed eat the entire creek, me on one side and this other kid on the other side. And that night when I went to bed and I closed my eyes, I saw the weed eater and the ground because I had been staring at it for so long. Yeah. It's such a
2: brutal task.
0: Do you remember our coworker? We're not going to name names, but the one who would chase the geese around the golf course and the carry all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yo, there is an actual, there is an absolute (laughs) lucrative business with getting the goose off of the golf courses There's this company that my old golf course used. They would bring in this guy and he'd come with his dog and they would just chase the geese all all over the course. And I always sat there and I would watch this guy do this. I was like, what a racket. I don't know how much this guy charges for him to come out on a weekly basis and just chase geese around with a golf cart and a dog. But like, (laughs) like, what a job this guy has. He just gets paid to just go to golf courses and chase. Geese, like that's, they start aren't staying
0: away. Yeah. The they keep coming back. Right
1: back. I don't. I like. It, there's no difference. They they don't care. They're like the waters here. There's food here. Like they they don't care. The the dog comes. They're like, oh, I better dip, and then like they come right back. Like God, that's hilarious. Wow. But that uh, you were talking about putting the mower in, in the water. There, I actually have a funny story about. Um, I was playing in a um in an outing, and at this golf course, it was very hilly, and we were uh, throwing back a few drinks to say the least. At this particular outing, it was unlimited drinks. So anytime the cart girl would come, you could just stock up and get like 10, 10 drinks and like whatever. It was just open, open tab. And so the group that I was in, there was it was a mother son in the other cart. Um I didn't know them, but this the woman was hammered. I mean couldn't even like walk by the end of the round. So we get up to the top of this tee, and it's this big hill and it goes down to the water. Well she's coming in real hot and starts going sideways and tumbled the cart. They both flipped out of the cart and the cart landed in the lake and we were just like oh my god and we still had like seven to ten holes left at this point and so they had to bring out another cart she did end up having to pay for the damages on the cart oh my um, gosh and uh she was cut off
2: obviously after that and they were both okay from that little incident yeah, yeah
1: i mean she she had a nice little uh cut on her arm but i mean other than that she came out pretty unscathed surprisingly because it looked really Really bad. I mean, you're just watching this cart just do, 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 down the hill into the water. It was so bad.
0: Wow. So now I have uh Brian. I also wanted to ask you a question. So you told me you also went to the 2014 US Open at Pinehurst, right? The yeah. one that Martin Keimer won. So yeah. he won that US Open because didn't he putt from a lot of his areas when he missed greens he putted like everywhere what is that's your opinion what, that's what you on putting from off the green how often do I, you do it?
2: it it just it depends on how far i am well i'd say a lot of it depends on the fringe you know some okay. fringes it's you know the grass if the grass is going against you i'm usually not for it just because you're not really sure how it's going to react if it's okay. going to grab or not okay um but like a lot of the fringes and like bermuda fringes mm-hmm. are really easy to put off of because the grass it's just the grass is so pure especially around the grains um, it doesn't have much that, of like a grain one way or the other or it's just so i don't know how to describe it it's just so flat and yeah and you know like or sometimes there's like at least with bent greens especially in bloomington normal midwest courses there's kind of a lip between the fringe and the green, oh yeah you know what i mean so like it'll Absolutely. kind of the ball will kind of bobble or change direction once it finally hits the green hmm. bermuda greens it's not really like that it's pretty flat it's i mean you can put 10 feet off the green and it's like you're putting on the green it's just a little bit slower on the fringe so i'm i'm usually all for it, especially in pressure sh- situations you know if you're nervous and your ball's in, on the fringe i would always suggest putting it because you can't really chunk a putt if you chunk a putt then that's kind of on you
0: there's something wrong that is an unforced yeah. error if there ever yeah. was one mm-hmm.
2: yeah you don't see a chunked pump very often you can chunk a chip pretty easily so but, or blade it's, one
0: it's almost kind of regional to you like if you're playing somewhere where it's a grass-like mm-hmm. bermuda it's a lot of yeah. put it, but it and like bent grass or maybe some other types of grass, mm-hmm. you you might have to chip more often.
2: yeah And you know, a lot of times when I'm in between, that's when you can just like kind of take an eight iron, depending on how short sided you are, you can just take a little eight iron and grip it just like a putter mm-hmm. and kind of put it, and it'll it gets up in the in the air a little bit, so that'll help you, um, but it'll react just like a putt would.
1: I'll
0: have to give that a try. I don't think I've tried that shot no. before. <laughs> because I'm dumb yeah
1: so what do you think that makes a golf course go from like an okay course to a nice golf course when it comes to like maintenance is it more like money wise of just you know how much more capital they have to put into the golf course or mm-hmm. is it like strictly effort I would say money
2: money is probably the most important with golf to maintain a golf course my favorite type of golf course I'm not much I love a good layout but the most important thing is the condition specifically on the greens you know if you come to a golf course where the fairways and tee boxes are immaculate but the greens are inconsistent it just it takes away from the course Mm -hmm. um so i think you know you have to have really good greens to have a a really good golf course and everything else kind of feeds off that um one thing that you know tony did really well he always but yeah i mean the greens where we worked were always really nice but where he had trouble was how soft that golf course got Mm -hmm. so i mean I mean, there's so much that goes into it. You have to have a good, you know, draining system for the golf course yeah there's there's so many different factors that contribute to a good golf course
0: they had also like the greens were they would get fried out in certain places but Mm -hmm. like Robbie would always double roll them and like cut them pretty much every day and keep them super tight and fast so like even Mm -hmm. though that course is really short it's super hard because of those like super small fast greens and Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I I played there a couple times this past summer and it was I mean it's the same way it was such a short course but it's the greens make it so difficult
0: dude you could tee off with with hybrid uh, or less on most on most of the holes mm-hmm. on that golf course and easily oh, yeah. pars but like like you were saying the condition though i feel like the condition there takes away from that golf course mm-hmm. just that i don't think it's as well kept
2: yeah I, it, it's just the fairways or it's when you can't really tell the difference if you're in the fairway or the rough there's a problem
0: yeah <laughs>
2: like there's no rough out there really with any of the courses in bloomington i mean really the bloomington city courses in particular there's just no rough anywhere it's just you know you can hit it anywhere and be fine and that's the one thing that gets a little annoying is it just takes away from the character of the golf course
1: mm-hmm. true interesting What's your biggest pet peeve on the golf course slow play slow play yeah. slow play without that's yeah without question god you, you, you gotta play? be able to play fast
2: i guess if we're really digging into slow play what's really annoying is taking three practice swings before you hit the ball mm. when, you know, and then you hit it five feet.
0: You've so. already been swinging the club for the whole day.
2: Exactly. You know, if you're on the second or third hole, I can understand it. But if you're on the 12th hole and you're still taking four practice swings to hit the ball, then we got some problems. Yep. Yeah
0: okay what about like do you care about bad players if they play quickly no of course not that's dope no it,
2: it, it's, it's just like yeah slow slow play and really i don't care as long as like you're being courteous i mean because if you got a group that's on your butt all day then just let them play through because oh, it's no fun playing when you got people on your butt all day yeah
0: i feel like i'm a whole so, I'm yeah more so
2: it's today. just like having common sense out on the golf course being courteous but yeah that's about it
0: i'm bad at golf but i feel like i can i can
2: keep pace so that's the thing brennan I mean, you're not even bad at golf dude i've had i've had a
0: bad season but when, that season over the summer at vista i haven't shot in the 80s since since summer of 2018 oh, really yeah man
1: that's not what i wanted to hear yeah he's he's been struggling a little bit I don't,
0: I don't get to play like i was getting when we worked there i was getting better like mm-hmm. because i was yeah. taking lessons from Devin mm-hmm. and i was playing or and or practicing every single day so it was like i started that summer shooting hundreds and then ended it like Breaking ninety like yep. once a week, so and now I'm just like a good round for me is like low nineties right now. So mm-hmm.
2: kind of what I said earlier, you know, you just got to get out there and practice a little bit, and that's yeah. how you get better.
0: It's living in Chicago, man. It's hard. It's hard to practice up here. It's, oh
2: yeah, and yes, it
0: far, is. So hey, yep. do you guys listen to the Eric Anders Lang podcast? Yes, I've heard um, of it. I haven't listened to it though. Well, he had Mike Kaiser, the owner of like bandon and the Dunes Club in Michigan, on. Mm-hmm. I was telling nick this have you heard of the dunes club Mm -hmm. Uh, well he said that if you call and are like courteous and sound respectful and are flexible about when that the staff will they will set up non-members with tea times and you have to pay a 150 dollars greens fee and you have to take a caddy and it's only a nine-hole course but i just found that very very interesting and me and nick were Mm -hmm. discussing trying to do that
2: next summer
0: so you're going to be in bloomington man we should hit you up and try and go check that spot out
2: yeah no if you definitely uh, go play there hit me up
0: yeah, yeah absolutely because you'll come
2: back for the summer right yeah if i'm planning on coming back beginning of may okay cool. so that, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, definitely
1: have to get out and play around with you man that would be uh, yeah. that'd be awesome so that you can kick our ass around the golf course
2: <laughs> and, we'll and, we'll be, have and we'll have a good time that's all it's, that matters yes
0: nick hasn't golf down there so we got to take him to all three of the of the city courses or whatever
2: yeah yeah, you know that? the courses in Bloomington are not bad they're nothing special but for the price that you pay it's it's a really good deal yes yeah. that's, that's generally how I, I feel
1: about where I, I live in the Detroit area and mm-hmm. we have a ton of golf courses everywhere there's obviously a, a, a few courses that are really nice public courses that you can go play that are that are really nice but there's a lot of courses that are you know real dog shit but at yeah. the best point that they are you know you can't really beat it for for what it is so but we have we have a few like there's a couple Donald Ross courses that are, the one down in Detroit is really nice, um, but the the one that's right next to me, I hate to say it, but it's, it's terrible. They're the king of like three and a half hour nines and the course conditions just trash and they charge uh-huh. like $50 for you to play just because it's a Donald Ross course, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's terrible. So I hate to play that course, but when you do, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's short. So you can, you can reach everything pretty easily. So you can put a really low score there, but, but yeah, there's, if you're ever in the Detroit area, definitely let, let me know and we can go play some really nice golf courses over here good. We'll,
0: do. we'll get we'll get Nick you're, you'll definitely get down to, to Bloomington next summer because we
1: oh for sure definitely
0: you got anything else Nick I uh, don't think so all right well Brian thank you so much for joining us hopefully maybe you'll be down to shoot the shit with us again sometime in the future come on again this was a
1: good time so
2: yes sir thanks for having me it was, it was good to meet you Nick I appreciate it yeah it fun
1: coming on man yeah we'll definitely have to get out and play around this summer man
2: yep sounds good good to see all you right. Brennan
0: All right. Good
2: to see you too. Stay healthy, man. We'll see you around. Yep, You too. See you guys. And then we'll
1: check in with you guys next week. Hope everyone has a good week and uh, we'll see you next week.